Hello and welcome to the Greenhouse Church Podcast. My name is Benj Gould and I'm the lead pastor. We are all about creating an environment where anyone can follow the way of Jesus. So we hope that this teaching helps you on your way. Hello, friends at Greenhouse High. My name is Tim Sorens. I live all the way over in Seattle, Washington in the United States. I really, really wish I was with you in person, but also really, really thrilled to be here. I um, am part of a neighborhood in South Park in a church called South Park Neighborhood Church. And uh, I met Benj a couple of months ago, hit it off, got to chat on a podcast, uh, have been since then following what you all are doing. Love it. Love what, you, what I'm hearing about in Long Jetty and really honored to speak. Um, when Benj asked, uh, this all happened in about seven seconds. Like the title was like, can you speak? And I was like, oh, yes, that'd be great. And then I read in the body, it was like, we're doing a series on evangelism. And I was like, Ugh. And then I was like, uh, actually, no, I'm actually very excited about this. We'll get into that in a second. But, you know, I, you've probably talked about this evangelism um, for some of us, kind of kind of tricky, kind of a, a word perhaps that needs to be reframed and reimagined. Or for some of you, maybe it's like, this is, of course, it's like the best thing ever. Amazing. But for me, my first impulse, because of sometimes how evangelism has been talked about or how I've seen it, like after, you know, sports games and big crowds with people uh, with megaphones and stuff like that. I know that's not what you're talking about at all, but it's an idea that we should re- we uh, re- reclaim, I think. So I would love to give a tiny shot at that. I'm going to do it. Going from a little bit of a different angle, at least from the way that I've usually been taught, and to do that, I'm going to have to kind of borrow from some American slang, I guess it would be, in the American South. Perhaps you've heard, like in movies and stuff, a phrase, not you or you all, but y'all. I'm sure you've heard of that before at some point. Well, you know, in Scripture, when you're almost always, whenever you see the word you, it's a lot closer to y'all. It's a lot closer to all of y'all. So today, we'll get to the scripture in just a little bit, but I want to I wanna talk about evangelism from the perspective of y'all, of us as a collective, as what we could do together. So way more like a team sport, like Aussie Reels footy, not, uh, let's say, tennis. Not that it's not. I'm sure you're going to talk about that. But I want to I wanna approach it from more of a, a social or collective lens. There's a sociologist whose name is Rodney Stark who wrote a book that actually has been pretty formative to me called Cities of God. And in that book, he chronicles how, he asks a question essentially like, how after just a couple, like basically a century or two, did this small minority religious sect, not even called Christianity initially, essentially subvert the Roman Empire? And, and what was Paul's role in that? And how did this actually happen? sociologically speaking. And what he gets to is, it's, it's a book worth reading, but the main thesis is that this movement that we would call the church and the early church was unfurled. It grew like yeast over time and place. Both of this, those things are important. We'll come back to through the faithful witness, not just of individuals, but through communities. They were there for a long time. They lived their lives out public, out in public with lots and lots of people. Frankly, they didn't have a choice. 
And that more than kind of the proclamation by an individual with a megaphone or the convincing of an argument that converted hundreds and thousands and thousands of people that toppled an empire and uh, has absolutely changed the world, it was pretty much everyday people who were convinced that they wanted to follow Jesus, willing to sacrifice for it, and they were going to do it with their friends. I mean, that maybe doesn't sound so radical, but actually, I think it is. Um, Rodney Stark makes the notion that even all up until today, he's like, practically, we think of conversion or we think of evangelism as like, you know, a gifted person communicating the truths of doctrine to another person over time and or, or maybe right away and God acts and it just happens and that absolutely can happen there can be road to Damascus type of encounters with God absolutely but for most of us evangelism is far more of a team sport we find ourselves and our friends who are maybe not yet following Jesus or never even considered it find themselves within a social network of people who are they're interested at some level and more so than even being taught they catch it it's they begin to embody what it might mean to follow jesus and before you know it it's like hey i think i'm a christian rodney stark says that sociologically he talks about politics which is actually kind of helpful right now because arguably that is a contemporary religion at least in this country uh, he says, if you if you are, you know, consistently vote, let's just say on the quote left, statistically, you're not going to change your mind. You're not going to convert to go from one way of thinking to another way of thinking and acting unless five of your friends, relatively close friends, vote on the other side of the aisle and you live with them for a while. When I read that, I was like, oh my goodness. First of all, that just seems true. That just seems like, you know, the Twitter arguments and the speeches that happen politically aren't really convincing probably just about anyone. But yeah, of course, like, when we are around other people, and we obviously all have a strong, I think, God-given desire to belong, we get formed and shaped and changed, and we start to ask new questions. And I think... Within the midst of all of that, there is so much beautiful potential for evangelism. Arguably, I think this is the primary way that the church has always engaged in evangelism, and I think that it's something that we can and should reclaim right now. And what are we, you know, asking people to do? Well, here's a little short story, I guess. My dog's weighing in on that, too. That's my... It's called responses. All I got right now. I don't know if you heard that or not. Um, my wife and I have been going to this little beach town in Mexico outside of Puerto Vallarta. It's called Sayulita. We love it. We go surfing there all day. Best tacos you've ever had in your life. Pretty inexpensive. Direct flight from Seattle. Like anytime that we get to go on vacation, we're like, let's go to Sayulita. So for uh, years now, We've been hoping and dreaming and scheming. How could we conceivably, with a whole like bunch of other people, go in on a little palapa that we could then rent out on Airbnb, but then it could be ours, and, and we would have a place in Sayulita, and maybe it would even make money. That's been the dream. Anyway, I say this because 
Last time we were there, we actually met for the first time with a real estate agent. And um, here's how he got us. He said, look, I've been in this town for 15 years. I love it here. Like, this is my village. Yes, I'm a real estate agent, but I'm not selling you on anything. And I don't want you to think that I am. I'm recruiting. I'm recruiting the right kind of people who will invest in this place. So if you're interested in making this place even more amazing, then I'm interested. I'm not just going to sell you a house anywhere. To which for us was like, great sales line. I mean, that was brilliant. And I think that's actually maybe in, in some ways like the spirit with which we can be talking about our faith. We're not necessarily selling something uh, particularly, certainly we're not selling anything that anyone wouldn't want. We're recruiting. And recruiting to what? Well, we're, we're recruiting to pretty much everything that anyone would conceivably want, which is all embedded within this big story that we're betting on called the gospel. We're betting that Jesus Christ, by the power of the Spirit, is remaking and renewing everything, every square inch of longevity and beyond, and we want in on that. We want to build a culture of belonging and joy and beauty. We, um, we want to care about, collectively, our kids' education. We want to figure out how we're going to build this town equitably. We're figuring out what does it mean um, to create a whole new kind of economy here. We're thinking about our collective artistic expressions. There's nothing for which the good news of the gospel and the good news of following Jesus doesn't matter, particularly with you all together. So we're not selling anything. And it's not out of fear, per se. At least I don't think really it is. It's like, hey, God is doing this. We need more people to make this place the best possible place it conceivably be. Oh, and by the way, we need to be changed. Oh, and by the way, we need to belong. Oh, and by the way, we need to keep growing and changing and being shaped into the image of Jesus. What we're saying is the best conceivable way to live. So we're not selling, we're recruiting, but we need to be doing that together. So within that spirit, I want to read you the scripture uh, that I'd like to read for you today. And I want you to hear it again. Team sport. This is Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. I'm going to read it. And as I read it, I'm going to make little... um, I don't know, off-the-cuff remarks when we think about us being the church, the church as a team that does evangelism. And then we'll break that down just a little bit before we, before we go. Okay, so here's, here's, here's the text. You can easily see how all of this thing works by looking no further than your own body. Your body has many parts, limbs, organs, cells, but no matter how many parts you can name, you're still one body. It's exactly the same with Christ. By means of his one spirit, we all said goodbye to our partial and piecemeal lives. We each used to independently call our own shots, but then we entered into a large and integrated life in which he has the final say in everything. This is what we proclaimed in word and action when we were baptized. This is what we proclaim when we get to share the hope that is within us. This is what we proclaim, this is off script by the way, uh, when we get to recruit to the kingdom of God in Longevity. Like this is what we actually get to do. We don't have to do this. This is actually who we are. 
We are the body of Christ. Each of us now, this is now back to the text, each of us now a part of his resurrection body, refreshed and sustained at one fountain, his spirit, where we all come to drink. The old labels we once used to identify ourselves, labels like Jew or Greek, slave or free, are no longer useful. We need something larger, more comprehensive. That text, of course, is about what does it mean to be the church, to be the body, arms, legs, feet. How do we figure out our and structure our lives in such a way that our friends and our neighbors, and frankly, even our enemies, if we have them, can begin to look not just at our individual lives, but at our collective life and say, somehow, I'm in. There's a couple ways that this, I think, is going to be... We could talk about this for a long, long time. But here's two things that I think are going to be especially important if we would have the courage to kind of begin to think of ourselves as, right, how do we knit together a way of life where we can be drawing others in and they can begin to be a part of our life far, far, far before they ever believe or make any kind of decisions to follow Jesus? The first is time, and the second is place. We'll talk about these real two, two ideas quickly. The first is time. I don't know if it's exactly the same way in the Central Coast, but here in Seattle, mobility is a huge barrier to the task of winsomely recruiting other new friends into the big mission of the kingdom of God right here. People are moving all the time. And so for some of you at Greenhouse, I, in fact, frankly, most of you, I would hope and pray that if you discern this is the work of the Spirit, that you would begin to think about the long game and what's possible in longevity over the long game, including your task of evangelism and discipleship, that frankly just is not possible in the short game. If evangelism is a team sport, it's got the longer you play, the better. So it's, I mean, relationships take time. Cultivating curiosity takes time. Learning to forgive each other 70 times 7, that takes time. Building momentum, it takes time. And if there's no sense of, yeah, we think that we could be here, we might be able to raise a family here, or I think that I could make a contribution here, I can begin to pray and imagine and dream that part of my vocation my legacy, if that's even appropriate to say, is going to be connected to the flourishing of longevity and all kinds of friends that I have not yet met in this town. Friends, if, if you can begin to think about being there for a while and being a part of this church for a while, like just get that in your minds and hearts. This is a marathon. We're going to be here for a long time, maybe decades and decades. The potential to winsomely invite people to follow Jesus increases exponentially. Exponentially. The other, of course, is tied to it, and that is place. If you can be a witnessing public community in this place, not every place, at the hospitality meals that you're doing, in, in like the dinner tables y'all are doing, as well as at Sunday, 
the more and more that it's particular to longevity and then helping nurture other new faith communities that care deeply about their place, that's a huge, huge deal on the task of evangelism. Why? Because we're not just trying to get people to mentally ascend to something. We're wanting them to be a part of this big dream of God that changes everything, which means they're going to have to have a literal context, a literal like place to work out their life, not just their individual relationship with God, as crucial as that is. So please don't hear me wrong. Don't, don't get me wrong. I think we all absolutely desperately need to be praying for all of our friends that they would have a powerful encounter with God and they would be like, I am in, I, I'm, I'm in. I've got to follow Jesus. There's no other way and I want to do it with these people. Let's keep praying for that. But as we do, it's not like that is the end of the road. No, now we're figuring out how do we like take on this very difficult and beautiful and joyous life where increasingly we're thinking about others even more than ourselves. Increasingly, we have a particular eye for those that are hurting and oppressed, those on the underside of power, and we're wrestling with what liberation looks like for them. Increasingly, we're growing in humility. Increasingly, our dreams are bigger and bigger and bigger because we don't feel like it's on us. It's all the grace of God. Friends, um, the more particular those dreams can be, the more powerful they are. So, when you're gathered together on Sunday, begin to think about how do we, how do, yeah, of course, let's think about who we can be inviting on Sunday as it's appropriate. But maybe even more so, let's be thinking in the long game about the dinners that you're hosting, about the cafes you're going to, about the spaces that you're creating at work, parks, libraries, gyms, etc. Be thinking long game, be thinking of all the beloved, like even now, be thinking of the beloved friends who've yet to follow Jesus and begin to think, how could we be praying and working over the long game to invite them into this life that we're all betting on? Further on, I'll close with this as a, as a bit of a benediction. Further on in uh, 1 Corinthians, Paul says, I just love this line, and I hope you hear this through the lens of both evangelism and discipleship and your collective witness. Paul says, and, 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 and I, through his words, say this to you, you are Christ's body. You must never forget this. Friends, there's, there's, no, there's no bigger mission in the world than to be the church in a particular place. Let's keep inviting others into it. Thank you for the gift of, of being with you. I can't wait to see you in person someday soon.